listening to The Private Citizen, podcast for critical thinkers. This is episode 125 for Wednesday, the 28th of September, 2022. What happened with Nord Stream? Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm your host for today. Well, as always, and I'm coming to you from Düsseldorf. Uh, in, in Germany uh, on the River Rhine. I'm not coming to you live. I was going to, um, but Twitch uh, has um, some kind of problem right now where apparently people can't go live or just some people can't because some people are live and other people have seen go live. Um, but I can't and I'm the only one apparently. And um, yeah, so I'm just recording this old school as a podcast. So I'm, I'm sorry uh, that there won't be a video version of this. Um, if you regularly watch those, um, yeah, we're just gonna do this old school audio only, which kind of has a charm as well. Today we're gonna talk about. I have a, a topic lined up. I've got a lot of topics lined up. I've got like a schedule, and um, but I'll t- I'd have to move everything because um, today um, we're gonna talk a little bit about. Uh, it's kind of like. Uh, almost breaking news um, we're going to talk about the Nord Stream pipeline and what happened to it i.e. Uh, somebody blew it up or blew holes in it um, blew parts of it up and uh, that's obviously uh, a, a huge problem and uh, something that might be um, might lead to huge problems down the line so yeah we're settling in for this is another political uh, episode I haven't done any privacy stuff in a while it's just been well I well kind of when was the episode about the um, the uh, electrical network? Oh, that was two episodes ago. That was one, two, three. So yeah, we did something. There's something there, but you know, obviously, um, the war in Ukraine is overshadowing everything, and it seems to be coming to a head. And this is a very worrisome situation. And there's not been much reporting on this, as far as I can see. Uh, so I want to kind of take up the slack and uh, yeah, um, do my duty here. Um, so we're, we're going to do that in a little bit. Um, I, I just want to mention today's a very happy day t- to me because when I woke up this morning and uh, crawled to my office and I got some coffee and started to work, I noticed some stuff going on outside and uh, it turns out my neighbor from upstairs has moved out, um, which is amazing because that guy was very loud, um, kept me up in the night several times, uh, partying, um in weird ways, I think uh, I don't know. I was kind of suspecting some some just being dusted off, you know, some cocaine or something might have been. In, I don't. I have no idea. Anyway, he was like partying at on on in his on a Thursday night at like four o'clock, and um, yeah, and he actually uh, prevented me several times from recording podcasts because he was just doing mad stuff upstairs, and um, I could there was no way I could filter that out, and it was very distracting. Uh, when he moved out, I noticed that, that he had some huge, like, audio. It basically, he had, as far as I could tell, he had, like, some um, audio equipment that, like, professional um, audio people would use to, like, if you know, if you have a small wedding, like, let's say 100 to 200 people, you know, a room like that, you could, you could probably um, use the equipment he had to uh, just, you know, uh, put on the music there. Um, uh, having that in a in a rental flat um, where people are living below you, and he like one of the things he did. I 
though this is immediately we see obviously put the subwoofer right on the floor um, like an idiot um, you know if you put some something below that it usually helps with um, you know just I don't know, some foam or whatever uh, it helps with isolating it from the like the concrete floor like my whole basically my whole ceiling turned into a, uh, a subwoofer when he turned that thing on so that was annoying um, he was also not I don't know yeah, I like to say hello to my neighbors, you know, and in- interact. Don't be too like forward or anything. But you know, there's some 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 nice people. Um, one girl in particular uh, was, um, yeah, she she sadly also moved out. Uh, but you know, we had some, uh, you know, we helped each other uh, with, you know, yes, parking, finding parking spaces and some stuff like that. You know, and neighborly tasks, carrying stuff. Like I carried some stuff for her. She like would look after the mail or you know pick up parcels and stuff like that so it was uh, pretty cool um you know I, I like to have good neighbors but that guy was just horrible it was kind of like he when when we moved in here he was living there with his girlfriend and um he was a, he was very quiet when he lived with his girlfriend he was he was very well behaved i had no idea that he was such a uh dipshit really uh, but then he, um, she was crying like during the pandemic. We have this like bathroom that is linked with air vents, and you can, you know, I, I could hear her cry in the bathroom all the time. And then at, at some point she moved out. <laughs> I guess she could take it anymore in the pandemic. You know, I, I guess some people really um, got to know the other person in the relationship or something. And then all hell broke loose. He was like bachelor again, and like had friends over, and um, yeah. I'm I'm glad that guy's gone. It's good for the podcast um, because now I uh, I will be able to record more podcasts without you know that kind of interference. Uh, but anyway, that's that's it for my personal life. Let's uh, let's move in the topic at hand, which is kind of breaking news right now. So let's sort of talk about Nord Stream. And if you want to follow along, uh, you can go to privatecitizen.press, which has um, information, um, all the information I'm, I'm linking. I'm, I'm just noticing as I do this. Uh, this has obviously usually has a thing at the top with um, when I rec- – usually I record these live, right, on Twitch. And then I, I, I put those recordings into a YouTube playlist to put – you know, I upload it to YouTube so it can, you know, it's preserved uh, for all eternity. Um, and I usually have like this box on the on the show notes that tells you where to go, but I'm gonna delete that for this episode um, as I usually do when I don't have a video. Um, yeah, so um, what what are we what do we what do we what are we talking about here? Um, yeah, go to Private Citizen Press uh, has all the links. I'm linking to a lot of um, Wikipedia pages. Um, I want I noticed. Some people, I was talking to some people about this, um, you know, uh, listeners of the show, and I, I, I noticed a few uh, misunderstandings. So I wanted to mention something. The reason I usually link to Wikipedia pages is not because, like, I find the information on Wikipedia particularly reliable. Also, it often changes. Um, but what Wikipedia is, it's a good list of, instead of like linking to a news story, right? Which usually there isn't a good news story that I, I go like, it like it's come it's come so far these days with journalism that usually there's a topic and there's not one news story I want to link to because usually there's not a news story that gets everything right to a degree where I feel comfortable with it. 
Um, so Wikipedia is always is always good um, about primary or usually good about primary sources. So I'm linking to the Wikipedia page because it usually gives you a good overview. But then what you're supposed to do, um, which is why I think I've talked about this before on the show, but I want to mention it again in the spirit of, you know, um, think for yourself, which is the whole spirit of the show. Um, go to the link, you know, go to the little numbers and then it links you down to the to the references and then you can go to the primary sources. And that's that's why I get good information usually. And, you know, that's why I do that because it's kind of a good link. It's a good list of primary sources usually. But anyway, today we're talking about Nord Stream. If you don't know what Nord Stream is, Nord Stream is a pipeline that goes from Russia to Germany. Uh, it terminates in Greifswald in Germany in the north, um, which is just a little bit southeast of or yeah kind of south of the island of Rügen um, on the opposite side of of, of Denmark um, or well Sweden actually uh, Denmark is kind of to the west um, in the Baltics I have maps in the show notes if you want to have a look anyway Nord Stream, Nord Stream 1 has been in operation for ages and, and Nord Stream 2 uh, was going to come online uh, I think well, it came online earlier this year, I think, or maybe end of last year. And it that, it was always a political uh, problem. Um, it was kind of uh, uh, the whole Nord Stream thing. It's kind of um, an offshoot of the Schröder era of Germany, you know, Gerd Schröder when he, was, when he was chancellor. And obviously it's like, you know, Russian gas being used in Europe, but also a lot in, in, in Germany. Uh, was controversial even before the war in Ukraine. And people really didn't like the the Nord Stream two coming online, and there were lots of delays and stuff. Anyway, it came it came online, and now, you, of course, with the with the war in Ukraine, um, Russia first threatened to shut it down, and then then shut it down partially, and then shut it down completely. Um, and there's 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 discussion about all of this. Did they really shut it down? You know, Russia said there were some technical issues. Are there really technical issues? Are they just shutting it down? We're gonna talk about that in a in a bit. But so it's this huge pipeline, right? And it goes from Russia all through the Baltic, basically along the whole Baltic down to Germany. And on Monday, um, the uh, first, I guess, the uh, Danish authorities noticed maybe what they thought was an earthquake. There was seismic activity that got picked up by seismic sensors uh, under the Baltic. And then it turned out that there uh, or that was discovered a little bit later on Monday that there were three leaks in the system in the in the Nord Stream system um and they developed um just off the coast of the Danish island of Bornholm so Bornholm is a is a relatively large island I've actually been there on holiday as a kid um that lies between uh, Germany and Sweden uh in the Baltic it's closer to Sweden uh, but it belongs to Denmark and um, um, the, the, if you look at the, I've got a picture in the show notes in a map. If you look at the Nord Stream kind of, you know, course, it kind of makes a it makes a turn south of 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 Bornholm and continues north uh, east of Bornholm and then further on, you know, east towards Russia. And um, there were three holes were discovered. Well, basically, leakage was discovered. Um, I have a picture in the show notes that was taken by a uh, by the Danish armed forces by the force of Arlet. My Danish friends will uh, undoubtedly, uh, you know, criticize this 
pronunciation. Uh, my Danish is uh, with with most other languages. I say you know my whatever. My Turkish is non-existent. Um, it, it's worse with Danish. It's it's non-existent, and I can't I can't wrap my mind around how this language is pronounced. So I'm I'm sorry about that. Usually I try to be very good, or as good as I can without speaking the language. Still, you know, as somebody who studied linguistics, I'm still trying to pronounce it as best as I can using IPA and and such, not the beer, the pronunciation alphabet. Um, but you know, with Danish. So there, there was a Forsvaret uh, uh, F16 um, that was that that took a, took pictures of the leaks, which is basically the bubble of gas coming up um, on the Baltic um, surface, and um, it is um, so. There is there's one leak, uh, there's one hole in Nord Stream two. And two holes in Nord Stream One, which go kind of they, they run parallel for 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 long, um, for for most of the stretch of the pipeline system. Um, interestingly, exactly where the uh, where the leaks are, they kind of deviate the two pipelines, and so the leak the holes are kind of a little bit far far away from each other. Um, and um, so this is one of the reasons why everybody immediately said this can't be an accident. And I believe that it is, uh, so I've read some interesting threads on Twitter. I, I linked one of them of people who know what they're talking about, as far as I can tell. And um, these pipelines are regularly inspected, usually annually. There, um, there's a, in this thread, this, this guy who is to work in this industry explains this. There's this something called a pig, which is like this little, it looks like a... Um, you know the the brushes you can clean pipes with. You know it looks kind of like that, but apparently you put it in the in the pipeline and it runs along the pipeline. Um, you know, uh, propelled by the gas, I guess, and then it just um, it kind of cleans the pipeline, but it also um, it can it it will detect um, structural weaknesses. And these pipes are quite thick um the the place where the leaks are they are down uh, at about 70 meters depth um they are made of massive steel uh, with a concrete uh, they surround like this the the pipe itself is steel um surrounded by concrete concrete right um and so they lie them down on on the ocean floor and um it every it looks like to everybody um that this was sabotage um now um, it's it's very we'll we'll get into who might have done it and why later, but it's very interesting that a day before this happened, <laughs> Norway and Poland just officially inaugurated the Baltic Pipe pipeline, which runs from Norway to Poland and supplies gas from the Norwegian um, continental shelf uh, to Poland, which from there um, you know Poland also. Um, was uh, traditionally a um, recipient of Russian gas uh, going through Ukraine mostly. There's another pipe. There's another pipelines that run through there, and um, so from Poland it can be distributed through their pipeline system to all of Europe, kind of like Nord Stream. You know, Germany doesn't use all the gas there; it gets distributed through the German system through Europe. Um, so that's obviously a big. Um, like um, a big change where like Norwegian gas is now substituting Russian gas. And when they inaugurated this pipeline, 
um, they clearly said now the er the as I said the era of Russian extortion with gas or whatever is now over in Europe. And the Baltic pipe was apparently in. Um, you know, there was an idea to lay this pipeline for a very long time, but I think it got um, pushed. As far as I can tell, it got like it crossed from the realm of here's an idea, here's like a, a study we made to, into let's do this uh, when the Russians invaded um, Crimea, uh, which was obviously started this whole war uh, over eight years ago. And that's when the, then they went like, we really want to do this pipeline. Now, a day later, once that fires up, uh, you know, Nord Stream gets sabotaged. Now we'll we'll talk about if, if it was like there was the Russians. Um, I'm not really convinced. Um, now as to how they they um, attack this pipeline, um, there's a there's a guy on Twitter. If you're interested in this kind of stuff, I obviously I'm a submarine nerd. Um, das Boot is one of my favorite movies. I've been fascinated by submarines since I was about six used to play like Wolfpack with my dad um, on the PC uh, in the early 90s. Um, I am writing a novel, you know, Schleichwarts, uh, one of my favorite video games as well. Um, I'm writing a, a novel that, that deals with submarines and set on the sea as well. Um, so I'm very interested in this topic. And there's a guy called H.I. Sutton who runs a site called uh, Covert Shores. Um, he is on Twitter. He tweets a lot about submarines, and he knows what he's talking about. So he had a thread which I've which I've also linked uh, in the show notes, privatecitizen.press, um, that explains how you do this. Because people were saying, like, would you do this with a submarine? Now you don't fire like a torpedo at a pipeline that's on the ocean floor. I don't think that's even possible. Um, there are ways of doing this with a submarine, especially the Russians. The Russian military has a uh, what's called Guji, G-U-G. It's not Gucci, it's G-U-G. I didn't put that in the show notes. Um, it's like the deep, it's called the deep sea, the, the main direct, directorate of deep sea research, also known as military unit 4056. Um, uh, which has got the UGI. Um, they've been around for ages, and um, the Russia Russia has always uh, inve invested a lot into submarines, right? Um, yeah, another another of my favorite movies is The Hunt for Red October, which is a uh, you know it deals with a typhoon class submarine, which is amazing. If you want to look into submarines, just look at the Wikipedia entry for the typhoon class. And how big those things are, and the pictures when they're like surfacing next to a beach. Um, those submarines are so big, or were so big, and they had a pool. They had a swimming pool for the commanding officer. <laughs> Not like a moon pool or anything, like a, sw a, a swimming pool. Um, and I just, I just love Hunt for Red. I mean, it has its, it has a lot of flaws. Um, None. You know, one of them is Sean Connery trying to speak Russian, but it is it is an amazing uh, movie. Um, anyway, so um, so the Russians have always invested in this kind of stuff, and they have specifically uh, they have projects um, where they have uh, adapted sub submarines that have like mini submarines um, that are carried on or in the submarine, and there's for example there's one where it tows. Um, 
a uh, some kind of like a, a ROV or like a remote or not even like a remote operated vehicle, like a small sub that that crawls along the ocean floor, which was specifically designed to tap into undersea cables, like the internet, you know, internet cables running on the sea. Um, Russia has amazing capabilities. They have um, one thing they designed is they designed like a portable nuclear reactor, um, which is basically it's based off a um, a nuclear reactor from a nuclear submarine. But it's it's like just a box, right? It's a box you deploy in the ocean floor, and it it's like unmanned, right? It's just like this box, like a generator, and it generates nuclear power. And um, that was that was designed um, like one of the main things the Russians have been focusing on is. Um, deploying sensor networks and um, uh, countering sensor networks under the Arctic ice shelf, um, you know, to detect uh, NATO submarines uh, coming in through the Arctic towards Russia. Um, You know, this this all deals with um, nuclear um, submarines, well, you know, the ICBM-carrying submarines, right? Those operate under the arctic uh both the both nato and russia has um uh, ssbns as they're called in american parlance you know like strategic nuclear submarines that that operate under the arctic and they're specifically designed which is also very i mean i love submarines it is very very fascinating as well they have like specifically designed hulls um so that they can surface they they will they will they will like surface really quickly and then basically while they're coming up ram through the ice shelf and just like pop out um atop the ice and then lay on the ice and then they can fire the nuclear missiles um which is so they have all these capabilities right they have all mini subs they have like attack divers squadrons all of this um and the way you would probably attack something like this pipeline is with divers. It's just 70 meters deep at this point. Um, I mean, the Baltic itself is incredibly shallow um, for, like, you know, I would say it's not really an ocean, right? It's more like a lake. Um, and uh, you would you would attack this with divers, right? You would dive down there and then you would attach um, explosives to the pipeline which makes it really fi- really hard to figure out who did this because i mean those explosives will be timed right you have you need time for the divers to come up again and you but you could set these timers to a year if you wanted to right they could have been planted last year they could have could have been planted on sunday they could have been planted weeks ago months ago who the fuck knows they could you know they could have been remotely detonated probably there are technologies these days with you know low frequency radio waves and stuff like that where you can actually um probably uh you know get a signal down there um who knows uh there could have been you know these divers could have um operated from a submarine um specifically russia used to have submarines which are now scrapped um hs Sutton goes on about this how like russia had all these technologies um, but most of them um are not in in service anymore and and these these units also are not in the baltic we kind of know where they are and they're not around there as far as we know um but you know they used to have these subs that had um that could fire torpedoes but also had these basically their torpedoes 
where where there's people sitting in them, right? They're not like they have like cutouts in the torpedo where where divers can hold on to and they can just you know crouch down and then they get loaded into a torpedo tube and they're fired with the torpedo this kind of torpedo it doesn't have a warhead out of the submarine and then they can you know stop crouching down and get up again and then they can they have like ways to steer the torpedo and the torpedo is just a way to get them where they need to go um you know if you watched is it what is it gold is it thunderball i think it's thunderball is the bond movie with all the frogmen right kind of that kind of technology um you know, and they had all these kind of stuff. Um, you could do it that way. You could easily also do it just with a surface ship. Uh, the problem with the surface ship is the Baltic, and I've I've sailed across the Baltic recently. Um, in in the summer, I actually sailed from uh, you know n- near Lübeck, um, which is a bit further west than than Greifswald, um, all the way through the Baltic, uh, past Bornholm, up uh, to Finland. And there's a lot of traffic in the Baltic, and the, the Baltic is there's like offshore wind parks. Um, there is there is a lot of traffic going around. Um, like if you just look at like an AIS, like the ship uh, tracking website, um, at how much traffic there is in the Baltic at any given time, is a lot going on. So um, and this this point where the leaks are is not far off Bornholm. Right, you'd be sitting there. Um, yeah, um, it's not unheard of. There were Russian ships uh, early in the year, in the summer. There were Russian corvettes just off Bornholm, probably um, violating Danish territorial waters. Um, I mean, they can, they could have had the divers down there, and you know, they could have set the charges in I don't know July or whenever it was. Who, who the hell knows? Um, it is what we know is that Russia has surface vessels, you know, like uh, corvettes that can can do this kind of thing in the vicinity. I mean, there is a huge, there is a huge Russian naval base uh, near Kaliningrad, uh, which used to be Königsberg, um, you know, used to be John, um, and now is a Russian enclave. There's a huge naval base there, um, so they definitely have those vessels in the area but we don't know we don't know who did it and uh we don't know when they did it which is which is very um very interesting um so there have been some discussions obviously the russians are the obvious candidate everybody's pointing at uh so far as you know most i mean the german media most of the uk media i've seen are basically just assuming it was the russians um, they also assumed that it was sabotage without even going in the details why, but, you know, I think that's a safe assumption. But, you know, they're just assuming it's the Russians, um, which which has some, there's some arguments against that. I'll, at, the, at the end here, I, I will try to do some speculation um, and we'll, we'll go into the different options. I, I have no idea who did it, yeah, obviously, but, like, we can speculate. Um, there, but there is some speculation that it was the Americans because... Um, they're both Joe Biden um, and Victoria Newland um, have said um, that um, should this was before the invasion should should Russia invade more of Ukraine 
um, they would they would basically shut down Nord Stream. Um, so this is uh, Joe Biden. This um, I'm I'm, got, I'm getting this. This is a video I got from a tweet from ABC News, uh, which was on February seventh. So um, around February seventh, Joe Biden said this. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again. Then. Uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. But but how will you how will you do that exactly? Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control, we will. Uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. I mean that could that could that could mean anything, right? But it kind of sounds like a threat. It kind of sounds like, you know, we got we got special ops. We can do this. And then um, Victoria Newland, who is Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs and is very um, involved in the whole Ukraine situation um, because, you know, she was responsible for trying to push uh, Ukraine into the European Union and into NATO when the whole thing went down with the invasion of, well, even before the invasion of Crimea, uh, kind of what led to the, the, the Russian invasion, um, when we're talking about the, the Euromaidan riots and all that, you know, she's famous for, for saying fuck the EU in that phone call. Um, she said, this is actually a tweet from the Department of State. Um, this was, uh, oh, this was even before that. This was on January uh, 27th. So on January 27th, 7th, Victoria Newland said this. Um, with regard to Nord Stream 2, uh, we continue to have uh, very strong and clear conversations uh, with our German allies, and I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. So, I wanna, what I want to say about that, even if we if you don't take that as a threat, I, as a German, um, I uh, take serious issue with that, right? Because what you have here is the United States. Um, so there's a reason Germany has this pipeline. You know, Germany has huge industrial um, production. You know, a lot of the industrial um, production in the European Union is actually happening in Germany. Um, and, you know, we have certain energy needs that other countries don't have. And, you know, for, for historical reasons, um you know, we went with gas from Russia for for some part of it or a large part of it, and 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 this project between Russia and Germany uh, is is to secure that, right? And then you have the United States, who are an ally of Germany. That is true, but you know, in in these days, um, they're not more of an ally than Russia could be or could have been or was under Schröder, right? Um, um, if you exclude NATO and the role the U.S. plays in NATO, um, just you know, as a as a you know one state to another, and and they're basically saying you know we don't what what Victoria Newland says uh, there is we don't fucking care about the Germans if the Russians invade Ukraine will make it happen that Nord Stream gets shut down. Now, currently the current German government actually you know is kind of for this whole thing as well. 
um, basically the, the attitude of the German government right now is we don't care if you can heat like you as in me, uh, the private citizens in Germany, you can't heat your house. Um, it's more important that we're an ally of Ukraine and we need to cut off this. Um, you can't pay Russia for anything, uh, you know, gas, anything. That's why we have economic sanctions. Um, and so the, the the government is kind of on board with with the with the U.S. Um, position that that both both Biden and Newland uh, expressed in those videos. Now that doesn't go for for the population, especially population at large. In in recent weeks or months and weeks. As winter is, is coming and the government is basically saying we can't can't guarantee that you can heat your houses uh, if if you're dependent on gas, um, and anyway if you can, we'll just the prices will go through the roof and everything. Um, the support for for this government policy of basically sacrificing the sacrificing the interests of your citizens towards you know a um, a foreign policy decision. Um, to side with Ukraine, um, you know, no matter if you if you personally agree with that or not, has become less and less. Like less and less people, as they face a winter, uh, could potentially cold winter, and they face the fact that they can't heat their house and their kids will freeze. Um, you know, there's there've there've been there's been protests, there've been. Um, people very vocal um, that they don't support the government in this and at this very position where you know I mean in it at the most drastic uh, there could be uh, a vote of no confidence in the Bundestag you know the 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 government could have could be toppled and then there could be a, a, a general election and you know there could have been votes for a new government and the new government could reverse this decision and go well we're gonna try to get closer to Russia again and try to get the gas flowing again. Um, that is not inconceivable. Actually, I'll, I'll have to do an episode, um, since I did an episode on the, the German government when this uh, traffic light coalition, the Ampel, came in. And I was very hopeful for this government. And I am still, um, I still think my, 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 my theoretical um, reasoning for that was sound you know that the great coalitions are good for germany and all that but like the the, the effect this actual this actual government had is uh is very devastating and i i don't i tend to i, I don't think i agree with them on a single on a single decision they've taken since they come into office uh, but we'll um well that was the one with the legalization of the weed but that seems to be off the table now we'll have to talk about that maybe maybe i'll do an episode about that but i thought this was more pressing um, but anyway, in this whole situation, suddenly we now have, if you assume that it wasn't the Russians who blew this pipeline up, we have somebody forcing the hand, like even if Germany wanted to do that, like even if we changed the government or the current government went, okay, we see the, the people are not on our side here, um, we're going to approach Russia and, and try to get the gas flowing again, we couldn't right now because that pipeline is wrecked and it's going to be wrecked for a while. Um there are some very misleading news stories actually today that I read that I'm not going to link that basically said the pipeline is going to be out of commission forever, which they're very carefully worded. It's kind of like what the BND, the German um, intelligence um, 
external intelligence agency said, which is highly misleading. Um, well, what 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 they're saying technically is correct that these um, parts of the pipe um, that have been blown up are destroyed forever. Um, but if you listen to the people who know what they're talking about with these pipelines, you know there are vents and 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 shutoff valves in regular intervals. So what happens is if you you shut those off. Um, so see what water doesn't get into the pipeline, and then you basically have to replace that segment that you know seawater got into and that the segment of the pipe that that got destroyed, which is a huge undertaking. You know, specialized chips, equipment. It'll take probably take months. It's going to be very expensive, um, and it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but you know, it it is possible. So so not the whole pipeline's gonna be wrecked, just those pieces. But the news stories make it sound like the whole pipeline's gonna be wrecked forever, which is bullshit. Um well, technically it's not gonna be. I don't know if it's got politically it could be wrecked forever. Oh, one thing I remember I want to get into in the beginning, which is maybe maybe worth talking about, is like how dangerous these leaks are. And um you know, there's gas coming out of the pipeline. Um and it they're not it's not that dangerous. It's dangerous for ships to go into the immediate vicinity because this gas in the water reduces buoyancy, which means, you know, ships could technically, I guess, sink depend, depending on the ship. You know, you could, you could, you could sh- sink if you can, if you get into this area where the gas, where the gas plumes coming up. Um, and also it's highly flammable. So, you know, it could ignite um, and then you'd have a, a fire there that, that you know that that'll just keep burning um which would be a problem but otherwise these leaks are not um dangerous one thing i haven't been able to figure out is why there's even gas coming out of the pipeline because this pipeline as has been reported in the news almost everywhere is supposedly shut down and has been shut down for a while so why is there gas flowing through it i don't know what I, I'm, I'm presuming it's some kind of maintenance thing, right? I'm presuming you can't just turn the gas off. Um, so there's probably like a, a reduced gas flow that that just keeps keeps the pipeline. That they, it's kind of like you know um, you know in some systems where you pump water um, where you can't have air come into the system or it's like it's kind of like you know like brake lines you know if you if you have brake lines there always has to be brake fluid in them if you get air bubbles in the brake lines uh, it destroys like even if you're not using the brakes um, you won't be able to use them again right you'd have to replace uh, the whole everything you know basically get all the fluid out and then like put 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 new fluid in and then just get the air bubbles out with like, I think there's specialized equipment for this kind of stuff. I don't know. But it's kind of, it's kind of like that. I presume, right? I presume um, you can't, um, it's probably, you probably have to shut it down. It's probably like a nuclear reactor and it, and it takes a while. That's what I think, I guess, is why there was gas flowing. I guess they're not turning it off now because obviously as long um, this is what the guy uh, on t- in the Twitter thread said that knows what he's talking about with these pipelines. Um, he says, um, as long as there is obviously gas coming out, there's no seawater entering the pipeline. And if the seawater enters the pipeline, um, it destroys 
anything like any part of the pipeline internally that gets touched by seawater needs to be replaced. So maybe that's why um, they keep the gas running until they can shut off some valves. No idea, but that's not stuff I knew. If you know about any, or if you read anything about this, uh, please send me feedback. I'm going to talk about feedback a little bit later. But yeah, go to privatecitizen.press and tell me. Anyway, so um, an interesting development with talking about the U.S., speculating about the U.S. being involved is the fact that um, in um, June and July, we had BeltOps 22. Uh, BeltOps is a NATO exercise of naval vessels uh, from all different countries, Germany, Denmark, Sweden, the U.S., obviously, Italy, everybody, France, um, the U.K., um, in the Baltics. And uh, BeltOps 22 this year was the largest ever. It was the largest um, exercise of naval vessels since NATO existed. So I think basically since World War II in the Baltics. It was huge. And um, participating in this was the U.S. Navy Amphibious Ready Group, which is uh, a, a group of ships and personnel and planes and helicopters um, centered around, around U.S.'s Kearsarge. Now, uh, LHD-3. Uh, USS Kearsarge is a amphibious assault vessel. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like a small aircraft carrier. Um, they, they, so, you know, aircraft carriers probably, right? And they, they, they used to be this thing that evolved from an aircraft carrier, which was a helicopter carrier, which was smaller and designed for helico just for helicopters. And these, uh, so USS Kearsarge is a Wasp class amphibious assault ship. Now these are there are a lot of helicopters on those, um, but they can, they also have planes. They have Harriers and uh, what's the uh, uh, what's the other plane? Why can't I remember this now? I need to look this up on Wikipedia. Um, F thirty five, right? So they have Harrier two uh, and F thirty five B. Uh, you know, VTOL planes and also lots of helicopters. Um, so it's kind of like, it looks like a small aircraft carrier. They are quite a interesting looking chips. I had actually, when I was in um, San Diego um, a few years ago, when I was visiting um, USS uh, Midway and I spent a day on this museum ship. It's like in the harbor there. And from, from like, from the bridge, you can see all the other aircraft carriers because San Diego is a huge naval base. And when I was actually walking back to the uh, convention center where my wife, you know, they had like a convention. This is a convention center where Comic-Con is. Um, so I was walking back and I saw this like crazy ship go out to sea. And it was, I don't know if it was Kearsarge, it was one of these LHDs, um, one of these uh, WASP-class amphibious assault ships. They are very crazy looking ships. Um, they look like a little stunted aircraft carrier, but they have... Um, Aside from the flight deck, um, they have a, um, a huge, like, um, they have like an, they, they can lower the back, right? They can open a huge loading area in the back. And they're designed, I mean, they're called uh, amphibious assault ships because it's not like that the boat goes on land, right? They carry a marine detachment and they're um, designed for, um, Amphibious assault. So I'm going to read out some some stuff on Wikipedia. What what this ship is? 
Um, so the LHDs can support amphibious landings in two forms, by landing, by landing craft and helicopter. In the 81 by 15.2 uh, by 8.5 meter high well deck, the LHDs can carry, so it's an 81 by 15.2 meter well deck, it's 8.5 meters high. The LHDs can carry three landing uh, landing craft air cushion, 12 landing craft mechanized or 40 amphibious assault vehicles, AAVs, with another 21 AAVs on the vehicle deck. Each ship is capable of hosting 1,894 personnel of the United States Marine Corps, almost the full strength of a Marine Expeditionary Unit, MEU. A WASP-class vessel can transport vessel. Where's there nuclear vessels? Uh, a WASP-class vessel can transport up to 2,860 square meters of cargo and another 1,858 square meters is allocated for the MEU's vehicles, which typically include five M1 Abrams battle tanks, up to 25 AAVs, uh, eight M198 howitzers, 68 trucks and up to 12 other support vehicles, a six-track internal monorail system and, a, and six five. 5,400 kilogram internal elevators are used to shift cargo from the cargo holds to landing crafts in the well deck. So why am I talking about this? Well, um, there's a photo put in the show notes, private citizen not press, of um, the U.S. Navy Amphibious Ready Group, uh, led by, it's a beautiful photo, led by USS Kearsarge, uh, under the Great Belt Bridge in the Skagorak. So this, the, as I record this, Kearsarge is, um, according to uh, AIS data, is currently, uh, has left the English Channel and is on the way, it's just off breast and on the way east, uh, no, west, sorry, back to the US. So this um, amphibious ready group, uh, you know, took part in Baltops and visited lots of countries in Europe and is now on the way back. And last week, on the 22nd, it was just crossing the Great Belt Bridge, which um, is a, a beautiful bridge. I've ridden over that several times on a motorcycle. It's it's beautiful. And um, links um, the two islands, like that little middle island of Denmark. And then, the, so Denmark has this, like, <laughs> my Danish friends will, will, will shout at me, but it has, like, this penis shape that comes off the top of Germany, right? And then it has a small island, which is like the middle island, which apparently is just like the transit island. Everybody just passes through. And then it has a big island uh, further east, which is where Copenhagen is. And it links the little and the big island. It's a huge bridge. Um, and uh, yeah, you can tell from the map that I, it's it's on the map where I put it in the uh, in the show. So obviously it was it was in the Baltics. It, it obviously went past Bornholm. Um, and then, um, yeah, although it, at the end of Bolt Ops, it was in Kiel. So I don't, I don't know if it went past Bornholm recently, but you know, it's, it was in the Baltic. So everybody was like, you know, maybe it was the Americans. I mean, you, with that ship, you can see that, you know, you could have like a boat with divers deployed from that, right? You could even have a submarine probably in that. Well, I don't know if you can launch a submarine from there. Um, or a, a mini sub, probably. I don't know. Um, so the thing is, you know, didn't the Americans do this? Like, do, I mean, it's kind of weird to say. Like, I mean, pe people would. Kearsarge is a huge ship. People would have noticed that just sitting off Bornholm. Um, I don't think they did it during Bolt Ops because Bolt Ops was like basically, you know, German frigates, uh, British Royal Navy ships. 
the the navy ships like little planes flying over there were coordinating shit like you can't just go and have some divers i don't think sabotage a pipeline in the middle of this i mean you could but i think i guess somebody from another military would have you know somebody would i mean there were like probably submarines there were anti-submarine forces there were people listening on sonar everywhere like somebody would have gone like what are these divers doing <laughs> you know i don't i i don't know there's some crazy theories another crazy theory is that it was the russians because um this week uh you know around monday when this pipeline exploded uh the russian uh there's a russian sail training ship it's like a huge um sailing ship um it's called mir um it's like a form is it a four-mast? Well, I have to look at the picture. No, it's actually a three-master. Um, but it's kind of like the Rus- one of the Russian version of uh, Goish Fock, which is this huge uh, Bundeswehr, you know, German Navy training, sailing training ship, right? Where you put, like, the sailors on, and they learn to be sailors by being on the sailing ship first, I guess. Um, yeah, and people were like, that was in the vicinity of Bornholm. So the theory is that the I don't know some special forces launched the divers off a toll ship like of a sailing ship. I mean, I guess you could do that. It it does sound a bit crazy, but you know. Uh, while we're in you know in in turn for head mode and crazily speculating, at the end of this, let's see. So as as far as I can see. Um, oh, uh, one other thing I maybe want to mention is there, uh, there's a new story, uh, Spiegel reported that the CIA uh, warned Berlin several weeks ahead of this disaster of possible attacks on gas pipelines, um, which is interesting. The story might makes it sound like they want them specifically about Nord Stream, which is like, okay, if the CIA goes to the German government and says, we have indications that the Russians are going to blow up Nord Stream, right? And you have the biggest naval exercise in NATO's history ongoing in the Baltic. Wouldn't you say, just leave some ships there? Like, leave some German frigates in the Baltic? Leave, leave some, you know, leave Kearsarge there, whatever? Leave some ships there. They can do, like, ASW, like, anti-submarine uh, missions. They can, like, figure out if there's shit going down i don't think you could protect the whole pipeline but like i don't know why didn't they do anything that's that's my question um but as far as i can see there are four options uh what could have happened here option one the russians the russians attacked us um as kind of like a false flag operation i guess it would be uh the goal would probably be to drive up energy prices in europe and then cripple the European economy and also like have people speculating obviously that the US did it or the Ukrainians. Um, looking at where the pipeline is, it's, I guess, it's operationally the most logical choice. Um, I mean, the Russians could could do this with a submarine. They could do it even though there are no submarines in the Baltic. Uh, at that point, as we know, um, but you know, then maybe they have something experimental. Who the fuck knows? Um, they c- probably could have done that with a surface ship, although kind of 
with the traffic in the Baltic, you know, you'd kind of run the risk of being detected, especially, you know, if you switch. So it has AIS, which is like this tracking system, right? You can look at websites and maps where basically um, there's live tracking of all kinds of ships. So you know where all the ships are. And, and military ships use this kind of system when they're in a place generally, well, when they're not at war or in an exercise. They use, use these systems. Um Especially when you're in a place like the Baltic, where there's lots of traffic, civilian traffic, because um, like big container ships and big tankers, they navigate by this, right? They they automatically navigate, right? Their their computers, they have radar, and then um, they but radar doesn't tell you what kind of ship the other ship is, right? So they they have like these AIS transponders, and they will they will see okay, there's this ship and it's going that way, so my ship will go this way. And if you switch AIS off, which of course the Americans also did during the Balt Ops, you do that during an exercise, right? Because otherwise you could just immediately pinpoint ships. Um, be kind of like i don't know the map at in world of warships or something like that. but even there you need to like see the other ship to see it um so, you know on the map so uh, it kind of like i don't know it defeats the purpose so you switch it off but like if if the russians for example had a ship uh close to bornholm like kind of like floating around there in a holding pattern you know supporting these divers um if they have AIS on, then you could have tracked that and you could pull that data and you know, know that, you know, whenever the Russians were there. If you turn it off, uh, that might cause suspicion because you will have civilian ships, you know, going about their business, trying to navigate the Baltic. And then they see the Russian Corvette or like a light cruiser sitting there and then you, they don't turn up on your system. And like, I mean, you're, you're probably your navigation uh, thing will just go haywire and it alert everybody if there's a radar contact, but there's no AIS signal, right? What the fuck's going on here? Um, so I don't know. It seems if they did it, I would say they probably did with submarine. Um, because I mean, there's there's lots of stuff, right? There's uh, Cold War stories where like the the Russians were notorious for just surfacing in the night. They just like submerge and and drive submerged like which is quite a feat actually into like swedish naval bases and then just pop up um and then just submerge again so so are the stories um i think there were several ships that um like civilian traffic that collided with unknown objects in the baltic um which and it's the baltic so it's probably not going to be a whale um, and it would like you, 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 you're at night, you're just going, you're a ferry going from Denmark to Norway and you, it goes clonk, right? And there were always stories. I think there's even one or two ships that sank because of something like this. And there were always like the speculation that there were Russian submarines operating, um, submerged at periscope depth where you could collide which is like six meters right where you could collide with with um with the ship that didn't see you uh and because the baltic isn't very deep in places i mean it gets very deep when you go towards norway uh, where that's not really the baltic anymore it's kind of like sorry i hit my microphone you know the atlantic ocean like the norwegian trench it's very deep but like uh the baltic itself is pretty shallow uh, which is, for example, why um, 
the Kriegsmarine used it in and because it was very secure, you know, strategically for the Germans, uh, used it to train the fleet. You know, train the, you know, when 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 they took Bismarck out uh, on, on on the first first um, like tests, they would do that in the Baltic. All the submarines they had like a training submarine fleet, uh, the so-called ducks um, in the Baltic. So, you know. I mean, the Russians could have done that by a submarine. But the, the the point against the Russians doing it is if they did that, what they intentionally did at this point is destroy their biggest bargaining chip um, in this economic war that Germany and the European Union has going on with them, right? So the only chance for Germany to like kind of stay more neutral and stop aid for Ukraine um, would be if the German population goes hey we need that fucking gas we don't want to freeze in the winter and forces the government to 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 do that but like with with not through out of commission um we can't even do that now right we can't i mean we could kind of force the government to to have good relations with russia but why would we do that we kind of want to do that to have the gas and like they're like studied history and politics like me and think it's just a bad idea to be like fucking with Russia if you're Germany, but okay. Um, you know, it's unlikely. Most people haven't studied history, sadly. Um, most politicians haven't either, apparently. Um, so that, so, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, it would be kind of weird. It would be kind of a weird move. Um, of course, you know, maybe it was revenge for Baltic pipe being switched on, but still, like that's kind of Norway and Poland, and you're mostly hurting Germany with this. I mean, you generally hurt the EU, but <clears throat> I mean, it just operationally the Russians would be the the the, the obvious obvious candidate, but like strategically, it seems weird to me. Now, option two would be the Americans. Um, why would they attack this pipeline? You know, to drive Germany and the rest of Europe further, you know, into the into that camp, into the NATO camp, and isolate the Russians. Um, and the side benefit would, of course, be that the U.S. does supply tankers with uh, liquid natural gas to Europe. It makes a lot of money of that, so kind of would make sense from that point. Um, I think operationally, of course, the Americans could have done this as well. Like, you know. Discounting that amphibious assault group there uh, in Kearsarge, I mean, the the Americans have submarines, and they probably have the 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 ability that the Russians had or have with like small subs. Um, I am pretty sure they could get probably even a, a ballistic missile submarine into the Baltic and off the coast of. Bornholm without being detected. Certainly something like, you know, like a Los Angeles class hunter killer. Uh, pretty sure they could do that. Um, especially because they are NATO. Um, they probably know exactly the Danish defenses, the German defenses, right? Especially since they just had this exercise. I'm, I'm pretty sure they know exactly what's going on. Um, yeah. Um, but I, what what makes me skeptical? Why I'm not saying oh, just clearly the Americans is of we don't know, um, and it doesn't fit their modus operandi in general and not in this war. Um, 
my gut kind of points towards the Russians because their modus operandi in this whole war has been this kind of stealthy, dirty fighting. You know, starting eight years ago with the initial invasion of Crimea, you know, with sending people in, just ripping like the patches of the uniforms and going, oh, they're not Russians. Um, it's kind of like that kind of move. Right? And it kind of fits Putin, who was a KGB man. You know, I uh, spent a long time in Germany um, and just is of that era. Um, it's kind of plausible deniability, like black ops kind of thing. Um, but I'm certainly not trusting the Americans. Like, I'm not, if, if, if Biden says, like, you know, wasn't us, I, w- I wouldn't believe him, like, just because he says that. Uh, especially, you know, because of the things he, he said earlier, <laughs> you know, we, we, can, we can switch it off if we want to. We just blow it up. Um, option number three, Ukra- the Ukrainians, obviously. Um, this is probably the most logical assumption, just generally strategically. If you go like, who, like, you, you always go like, follow the money, right? If something happens, who stands to gain? Obviously, Ukraine. Ukraine gains from this. They push everybody further into their camp, f- away from the Russians. Um, what makes me think it's unlikely is that I don't think the Ukrainian armed forces, or at least as far as we know, have any capability to do this. Like, they, they got a ship in into the Baltic? Like, I mean, the only thing would be like a, a like an intelligence service thing using people from like one of their allies but i it couldn't have been germany right i think the german um like i just don't think our the people have to sign off on this in the government would be that cold-blooded right destroy our like i mean it, it is feasible to think that there are people in the government who are like it kind of looks like the population is going to turn on us and we think it's the right thing to support Ukraine. So we have to take away that option of even getting bad into, back into the bed, into bed, so to speak, with the Russians and getting, getting the gas, right? So, I mean, I could, I could see that being a thinking in some like military strategist minds. But, you know, I still believe that, that our government functions in a way where some people in the government have, have to sign off on this. And I can't see these idiots. Like, they are dumb, and they got us into this war involved in a way that should have never happened, which is topic for another episode. But, like, they're not... They're dumb, but they're not that cold-blooded, I think. And I don't think Schultz would have... Schultz, sorry. I was confusing with the other guy who ran for chancellor. Uh, Schultz uh, would have... Um, Schultz, Schultz. All German names. Schultz! All German names are the same. Schultz! Um, Schultz, Scherschel, Scholz, Schmidt, all the same. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. So I can't, I can't see like the regular Ukrainian forces doing this, and I, like a sp- special ops with like operatives and then materially help from another country or something. I don't know. I mean, if you go full tin foil hat, it it is worth. Considering that the German Navy does have submarines, um, they're apparently quite good. Um, obviously, they're not nuclear submarines, um, but you know, and we should know that part of the Baltic like the back of our hand. So I guess we could have done it ourselves. But I think that's completely tin for that. And like the fourth option, 
which I've have, I haven't heard anybody else mention. As far as I'm concerned, I came up with this. This is extremely unlikely, and it's some kind of like a James Bond scenario, but theoretically possible and plausible is uh, it could have been a rival company, right? It could have been the Baltic Pipe guys who are like, we don't want that pipeline back into, you know, some kind of like, uh, you know, the Carver guy from, from Tomorrow Never Dies, except he doesn't run a newspaper, he runs a gas company. Um, that is, of course, like old tinfoil. I don't think that's very likely. But I thought it's... Um, I have to mention it because it's. I think it's at least theoretically thinkable, possible. I don't know. We don't know who did it. Uh, I don't think we'll find out anytime soon. This will be a matter for the history books, and then the question is, will actually be will the truth get into the history books, or just whoever wins this whole situation will make up something and that'll go into the history books. Well, sometimes, you know, the, or often I think the propaganda just ends up in the history books. Um, who knows? Um, I have no idea. The only thing I can say is this, this is really bad. Um, if the Russians get materially implicated, then I guess they did this in Danish territory, which could be... Imply, like that could be argued as an attack on a NATO state and would actually cause a war, which might cause a nuclear war, and then we're all gone. Um, so this is this is really bad. It's actually not on the. I'm actually going to check the headlines again right now. It's actually not in the headlines as much as. I would think it would be so the kind of top story in the German thing is like oh the nature it's methane is going into the air um apparently the Russians saying the Americans did this which would you know make sense um the EU wants new sanctions but that's more down to the referendi um which I love, I love how they went immediately. Like, just as a side note, um, the German press was like, from the beginning, was like, these are fake, fake referenda. They're not even like, we're not even considering that they're real. I don't, I personally don't think they're real, but like, that's not journalism, right? You could just, you could have the, the same thing you could have said about Brexit. You could have said from the beginning, oh, this is obviously all fake. Oh, we know it's fake. It's a, it's fake. Like, what kind of journalism is that? It's like fucking, that's fucking propaganda. And it doesn't matter if it turns out to be right in the end. You know, that doesn't matter. The, 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 the genesis matters if you're interested in how, you know, how, how I mean, because you, you didn't report it because you had good facts that told you it was that way. No, you did because... Somebody told you to report that, and you thought, well, that kind of makes sense. You know, that, that fits my worldview. <laughs> I mean, ah, oh, so bad. This is why you can't, like, you know, this is why none about this will we'll probably won't. We'll, as, as long as it matters, let's put it that way, as long as it matters, we, we don't know who did it. 
Um, I'm, I'm extremely torn on this. This is one of the few topics. Usually I, I have an opinion where I usually I lean one way or the other. I'm extremely torn on this. Um, I'm like, operationally, it makes sense it was the Russians. Uh, it doesn't strategically, it fits into their modus operandi. Um, but strategically, I don't think it would be something that Putin would do. Um, it doesn't really make sense from that perspective um operationally it makes complete sense that it was the americans but it doesn't fit into their modus operandi and i don't think they would kind of stoop to that um makes complete sense that it was the ukrainians but i don't know how they could have pulled it off <laughs> like i think it's operationally it's more likely that that other pipeline company did it because they have like fucking pipeline ships they could probably have just have a pipeline ship there they probably have divers um and and they probably have divers and they could just pull that off um you know totally totally possible but i somewhat, somewhat far-fetched <laughs> i i don't know but um I'd love to hear what you think, and that brings us to the feed, to the feedback. So yeah, please let me know if you have any theories, if you have any material, uh, anything. Um, please let me know. That's the the show kind of lives. Uh, from the feedback of the listeners and um yeah uh, if you have any ideas for any any other topics i'm open to that as well i'm open to suggestions i just want i want to hear from you i'm not gonna um read out any feedback uh in this episode either kind of did the same thing last episode because i'm compiling a feedback only episode but please keep your feedback coming um, I think it'll it'll be interesting for everybody. There's there's lots of cool feedback already, and you know I would I would like to hear from you what you think, what your ideas are, because you know the idea is to think for yourself. You might as well might as well have uh, let other people um, have be part of that, and together we can maybe come to some interesting conclusions and learn things. Go to Private Citizen Press. All the details are on there. You can also obviously submit feedback anonymously if you want to. Um, I'm open to that as well. I'm, I'm more interested in what you're saying than who you are. But if you are, you know, if you if you work for the pipeline, whatever, uh, you know, that, that might be interesting as well. Um, or for one of the pipeline companies. Um, anyway, um, yeah, that's it. Please keep the feedback coming. Um, I appreciate it a lot in that way you become a producer on the show. An equally important way to become a producer on the show is to support it monetarily because I kind of need to put food on the table um, and I kind of need to heat my house and even though i live in in Düsseldorf, which means i get all my power and all my heat uh from uh coal you know like um uh, from the rheinischen braunkohle revier i don't even know what's braunkohle i don't know what that is in english is it 
brown brown coal probably not lignite lignite you know all that evil lignite that they're mining on the other side of the rhine um yeah even though even even i'm not in i don't we don't use gas at all for anything um still my energy prices uh, have just been uh, increased by 30% which is which is a tough nut to swallow if you're <laughs> if you're a freelance journalist so any help you can provide me in those trying times is well appreciated you can become a patron on patreon there's a button in the show notes you can push it's not really a button because it's just an image that you the link uh, I didn't want to embed anything. <laughs> uh, you can also use PayPal. Uh, producers at fab.industries is the email for that. And um, yeah, that way uh, you become a producer on the show uh, as part of the value for value model, which is also explained in the show notes. And this leaves me to thank everybody who pitched in and who literally keeps the lights on here and the, 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 the computer running. Uh, which I kind of need to record this. So thanks to Gal Taron, Rodane the Insane, Stefos, Butterbeans, Michael Small, One I One One G, Jonathan, Jonathan M. Hetai, Michael Mullen Jensen, Dave, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Jackie Plage, Sandman 616, IKN, Bennett Piata, Vlad, Rizal, Avis, Joe Pozo, Dirk Didi, Fadi Mansur, Kaisius, David Potter, Mika, Cam, Mr. Amish, Captain Eckhart, RJ Tracy, Robert Forster, Rick Bragg, Ricky M, Barry Williams, Jonathan Crunkle, Astral C, Indie Gamiax, who also has a good podcast. Check out Indie Gamiax, Super User D, and Florian Pigosh. And many thanks to my Twitch subscribers, even though I'm not streaming this on Twitch, because Twitch wouldn't let me this time because technical issues. Um, thanks to them anyway. They keep the lines on as well. If you subscribe to my Twitch channel, which is Foxtrot Alpha Bravo, um, then you help out as well. So thanks to Mike the Dane, PK, PKmer, Bacon the Pork, Redeemer F, Galtaran, Jonathan4747, Elterestro Stream, and MTE Sorrow. And also thanks to Bindmark um, at bindmark.co.uk, British cloud hosting company. Um, they're providing the bandwidth for me uh, to to you know get the podcast to you. Uh, which is very important and also without them I couldn't do the show so thanks to them um, they'll be they, they uh, gave me advance notice they're moving their data center there'll be an, an outage in the future there'll be a day it'll be a Friday I don't know if it's next Friday at some point you know if you if you can't download any podcast files it might just be that they're moving my server to a new data center it'll be back Batmax is incredibly reliable um I um yeah I I just very I'm very grateful to them. So thanks to Bindmark. And um that's it. Uh if you're interested in the theme song of this show it's called Acoustic Roots by Ru Kabzali and I'm out of here I'm playing you out with another song uh called Good World Gone Bad. I thought that was uh appropriate by Chester Malone. So uh, I'll I'll cue that up and um I'll see you soon probably next week for another episode of The Private Citizen. Um, until then, I hope wherever you are, um, yeah, I hope just in these times that we're living in right now, which which which, which are getting tougher, um, that you're doing all right as best as you can and that you are not, you know, as little affected as you can be. Um, I, I wish you all the best. Thanks for listening. And whenever you can... Please aim to misbehave.
stumble 